Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's November 27, 1809. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. Wagons laden with coals, upholsterers goods in cartloads, organs, pianofortes, linens, jewellery and every other description of furniture sufficient to have stocked the whole street were lodged as near as possible to the door with anxious tradespeople and a laughing mob. No, it was not the removal men at number 10 once again, but the scene of one of London's most legendary pranks, the Berners Street hoax, which took place today in history in 1809. Yeah, so Berners Street is, I mean, then as now, a major road down to Oxford Street in London. But then, even though that was the middle of the West End, was a quiet and genteel street where well-to-do, wealthy families lived quietly and inconspicuously. So the nature of this hoax is let's persuade loads of people, Mm -hmm. like everyone, every tradesperson, every salesman, to all turn up at once and besiege <laughs> the poor widow who lives there and who's completely clueless about it. That's the joke that's happening today. Yeah, and I think it's at its funniest right at the beginning where, first of all, just a single chimney sweep turns up by himself <laughs> and he says his services have been called on and he's needed. All right, have you got a chimney need sweeping? <laughs> that's, that kind of thing. <laughs> that's the exact quote. One might imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the maid says he was mistaken and he went on his way. Ollie, how would you have said that? Be off with you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. We have no need for chimney sweeping today. <laughs> and so then next you have another sweep arrive and then another and another until he, the, this maid has had to send away 12 in total. And it's at that point then people uh, with other wares begin to turn up. But that, at least, is the funny bit if you're standing on the street corner watching it unfold. That that would have been the bit that had you in stitches. And the hoax was perpetrated by 22-year-old Theodore Hook, who was a charming but profligate man about town. A wag. He was Mm -hmm. a wag. And he was one of these, I feel like if he had lived in the modern times, he'd be one of those kids that's maybe too gifted for the class that he's in, you know, Mm -hmm. and starts getting up to mischief. Because he was really, really musically gifted. His father was a composer. He staged his first comic opera at the age of 16 and then he attended Oxford University before he basically just devoted himself to a life of partying and plotting elaborate practical jokes. Which so is Joe Lycett basically, isn't yeah. it? But in exactly, 1809. yes. Picture Joe Lycett but with like, you know, considerable musical talent it has to be said. Apparently when he was at Oxford, his gift for improvising songs was so, uh, so remarkable that the Prince Regent said something must be done for Hook and he was then appointed the Accountant General and Treasurer for Mauritius with a salary of 2000 a year. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to give to a person who's just quite good at singing and dancing. Like, literally, in in the 20th century, he would have been on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Like, oh, look, he's good at making up songs on the spot. I mean, (laughs) So this hoax was the result of a bet with his friend, Samuel 
Daniel Beasley, who was another schoolboy playwright turned playboy. They were just lounging around the city together and Hook bet that he could make any house in London the most talked about place in the city for a single day. Not clear why he chose this particular address, 54 Berners Street, which is now the site of the Sanderson Hotel, but at the time was the home of well-off officer's widow, Mary Tottingham. His connection to her, if any, is unclear, but Hook had grown up just a few streets away, so it's quite possible that he knew of her and he maybe thought that a, you know, a sort of staid widow would be a particularly amusing target for this kind of a prank. <laughs> Did you mention the money? It was for a guinea, apparently. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it was for a guinea. <laughs> I'll lay you a guinea sum. that in one week that nice, modest dwelling shall be the most famous in all London, was apparently the nature of the bet. <laughs> yeah, but think, a guinea yeah. back then is worth like 12 guineas today. <laughs> <laughs> well apparently it's worth about 80 pounds and i mean a bet that can be completed with the transaction of a single coin from one hand to another just doesn't seem like there's that much writing on it. and yet he really went for it didn't he gentlemen don't prank for money ollie <laughs> so after the chimney sweeps you got a wagon load of coals a van load of furniture a hearse with a coffin <laughs> a train of morning coaches physicians obstetricians Numerous butchers holding legs of mutton. I'll stop at this point. You can carry on, Harry. Then you had the cake makers, each of whom was carrying 10 guinea wedding cakes. So, you know, the proper wedding cakes that they'd put together for the purpose of, you know, supplying to this woman who definitely didn't want them. Apothecaries, surgeons, lawyers. Then you had vicars and priests who were sent to minister to the residents of the house, whom they had been told were dying. So there was just this like group of people going, what are we doing here? Don't forget the miniature painters, the tooth drawers, the auctioneers. And then there's all the description of poultry rabbits, pigeons. I assume this means people delivering them, not just a stream yeah. of animals who are also responding to these notes from Theodore Hook. <laughs> and, and in addition to this stream of more and more random deliveries, there was also the growing crowd of onlookers. Because as you said, Ollie, this was a quiet, you know, residential street. And so this crowd was just continuously getting bigger and bigger as more and more <laughs> delivery people arrived. Yes, that was actually probably the most significant thing, actually, was the gawkers. Mm. because uh, what what actually had been created on this day, far from being like the biggest prank of the century, was actually more like London's first ever traffic jam. Mm, yeah. They created a traffic jam because out of nowhere, everyone besieged this very quiet little subsidiary street. Uh, here's a few more people who turned up, courtesy of <laughs> Lippincott's monthly magazine's report. Uh, quote, six men brought a great chamber organ, a brewer sent several barrels of ale, a grocer sent a cartload of potatoes, coachmakers, clockmakers, carpet manufacturers, confectioners, wig makers, mantua makers, opticians and curiosity dealers, <laughs> followed with samples of their wares. I mean, all of these people should have been p- taking down payments before they said, yes, I will bring you my... <laughs> You know, I do feel like they were very shoes. eager to turn up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, to turn up with all of the items. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the wedding cakes. I'm like, guys, you're not going to talk about how they want the wedding Take cake to 80% look. Take eighty percent up front before you start to <laughs> make the cake. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we don't have the letters. We just know that he sent them, so we don't know exactly what he'd said to all of them. But obviously, if he'd been telling the coffin maker that she was dead, as much as there was a satirical point to this, and I personally think this was a complete waste of time, and do not find hoaxes funny at all (laughs) but in as much as there was a satirical point I suppose it was that um, I mean we know this anyway don't we that's the thing is why I think it's pointless but it was that London society would fall over itself to service 
the request of a rich person and they wouldn't ask for a deposit up front mm. and they would just take her word for it because they thought she was good for it and aren't they all ridiculous like, a- and I suppose an early Warholian 15 minutes of fame to a woman who otherwise may have been completely mm. forgotten to history I must say that preponderance of stories though of like similar hoaxes that were done in variously Edinburgh and Manchester and even other parts of London all fairly contemporaneous with this one did make me think is this just a big sort of uh, like media story where it was where there was less truth to it or it was more exaggerated than what was actually going on well you ready for the twist here's the (laughs) twist the twist is that some historians don't think this happened at all some people think that nothing happened It's based on one contemporary account the next day in the Morning Post. And it would have been, and I think, oh, I really want it to have happened, but I cannot deny that there is a logic to the claims that it would have been easier for Hook, who was a well-connected man of letters, Mm. to get a fake story in the paper than to actually do all of the stuff that was in the story, right? He must have had friends... On the Morning Post, you know, he was a journalist himself at various points in his career. Yeah, but, not that, but you're you're being all delighted about this. That's not funny. It's not again. It's not funny. It's not a funny twist. The <laughs> whole exercise is entirely pointless. It's even worse if he didn't do it. <laughs> it's. I mean, uh, it's the ultimate prank because we're still talking about it as if he didn't uh, do it. I just so. like the one that did happen in 1866. As far as I can tell, I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> is that um, there was a, a procession of animals? They called the gag in which uh, hundreds of Londoners were sold fraudulent tickets to London Zoo for April Fool's Day. Mm -hmm. So they turned up, and then they couldn't get in, and then there was nearly a riot about it. Mm. It's like Uh the worst prank I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, look at the... What a procession of animals. (laughs) Just people you've ripped off. I think there's like a sort of Bullingdon Club kind of entitled... Um, rich boy sense of humour going on, where it's just like everyone in the world, you know, the chimney sweep, the cake baker, you know, even the Lord Mayor of London... They're all people that we can get to dance to our tune. Yeah. And that's the joke. I mean, that, that's what's unpleasant about it and not funny. But that's the thread that runs through much of Hook's hoaxes. You know, the last time we encountered him was when he sent that joking postcard as what is commonly regarded as the very first postcard that was ever sent. And the gag was kind of the illustration that he had drawn, which was of these kind of industrious postal workers. But at least that's playing with a new medium, isn't it? Like sending yourself a postcard, that's kind of like the first person to do a vine. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas this is more like those scare stories from 2007 about teenagers inviting people on MySpace to their parents' house and trashing them. (laughs) It's not funny. But one of the things he was known for was turning up at people's houses uninvited and then blagging his way into dinner. That was one of the other japes that he did. And most of the reports of people who sat next to him at dinner were like, oh, he was such a fascinating man. It, it quite didn't matter that we hadn't invited him. I just, I, if I was sitting next to him at dinner, I'd find him so tedious. <laughs> now, this episode first aired last year exclusively to members of Club Retrospectors. Join today and unlock a new episode this Sunday. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 